Welcome to the By Words Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Hughes. I love helping passionate women gain clarity about their purpose so they can kick fear to the curb, break up with the hustle, and say goodbye to the lies that hold us back from pursuing our dreams wholeheartedly. We're going to get open and honest, share some laughs, and maybe some tears. But at the end of the day, my hope is that you will walk away encouraged, inspired, and ready to step into your purpose with confidence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive right in. Welcome back, friend. I'm so happy you're here. And today I'm excited to share with you the origin story of ByWords and really my story and how we got here. So um, I guess there's no better place to start than the beginning. So let's just go there. <laughs> um, I remember when I was young, and actually I've shared this story on social media before, so you may have heard it, but when I was in second grade, two of my close friends told me that I was fat. And I just I don't know if they knew what they were saying, but I just remember at that point having such a keen awareness of myself that I never experienced before. And I was suddenly aware that people were looking at me and making judgments based on my appearance or thinking things about me. And I just felt this really deep sense of discomfort in my own skin. And from there, it just kind of spiraled. So it went on through elementary, I was kind of picked on at school and church, um, which is another story that I'll probably tell another time. But I just really was dealing with a lot of insecurities, a lot of, you know, just lack of confidence, identity issues, all the things that junior high girls struggle with, right? And I just remember getting to this point where I was like, I am not good enough. I need to do something to change. And it started with me giving away my lunch at school. I stopped eating my lunches altogether. And from there, it turned into not eating at all. And then I realized, of course, well, I can't not eat because then my parents will know. So then it turned into eating and eating and eating and eating so much that I eventually decided to purge. And that was the beginning of an eating disorder that lasted almost seven years. So it's crazy thinking back because I just remember in the beginning years of this, I just really thought I'm okay. Like I'm not that bad. There are girls who have it way worse than me. I don't know. It's really interesting thinking back to that time because I can't even rationalize it now. But back then I just really was so convinced that it's not that bad. And so it continued and continued. And, and from there, I just, developed this anxiety. And I had struggled with anxiety before. Like when I was younger, I had this really deep fear of dying or someone in my family dying or something bad happening. But when it got to this point where it was really focused on my body, I was really anxious about how people looked at me. And I used to deal with this fear of even talking to people. And it was really paralyzing, but it, it turned into this anxiety that really took over my life. I mean, panic attacks and not being able to sleep and my mom having to come into my room at night. I remember her coming and just praying over me and reading Psalm 91 and trying to comfort me and assure me that I was okay. We were okay. Things were going to be okay. But from there, things just, again, kind of started gradually getting worse. So, when I was in eighth grade, I 
remember I was sitting in class one day and a friend of mine actually made a comment that really hurt me. And I don't know if we were in a fight or something like an argument, but she just really said something that cut me right to the heart. And so I, it was almost like a breaking point for me. And I remember leaving the classroom to go to the bathroom. And that is when I cut myself for the first time. And okay. I understand that cutting is kind of or really any kind of self-harm is really hard to understand. Um, Even now thinking back, it's another thing that I really can't understand what my thought process was because I was so deep in that place of just feeling hopeless and worthless and all of those things. But for me, it really was just this sense of like, I'm not valuable at all. And I'm not at the point quite where I feel like dying, but I feel like there's no point, like there's no hope at all. So from there, I just continued on that path basically until, well, I forgot to mention one thing (laughs) when I was in seventh grade, I think, or around that time we adopted my little sister. She's from Ethiopia. And at the time she was four and I was 13. So nine year age difference, huge change. We were really excited. Um, but of course when she came, it was just a lot of adjustments, kind of culture shock on both ends really. And so I remember going through that time, there was just so much going on. And that was really when I was under the radar, um, able to kind of like let these things grow. Um, because my parents had no idea. They were just so focused on helping my sister and my brother and all the other things that were going on in life. And so I felt like I could get by with these things without anyone knowing. So anyway, back to the story (laughs) when I was in eighth grade and my sister was here, we decided to switch to a different church. And I remember, if you've read my book, Waking Up, this is a story in there um, that I shared about a really pivotal time in my life. Um, I went to our church with my mom to drop off my brother for some sort of practice maybe. Um, but some of my friends were there. It was a Sunday night and they were saying, oh, hey, you should come with us. We're going to this youth rally at another church in the area. And I really did not want to go. <laughs> I was not interested at all. But They eventually persuaded me, and so I reluctantly went, and it ended up being a major turning point in my life. So we got there, and this was around the time that that song, The Stand by Hillsong, was really popular, and it had been my jam, okay? So I was listening to it on repeat, and I remember being in that room with tons of other youth students. And I really did not want to engage. I didn't want to be there. I couldn't believe that I had agreed to come. And here I was in this room of other people that I did not want to be with. And I, at this point in my relationship with God, was not super... It it just wasn't very genuine to me. I had grown up in church and gone to a Christian school my whole life. But it was just kind of tradition or religion or information to me at that point. But I remember that night um, we were standing there during worship and I just under my breath was like, okay, God, if I'm supposed to be here, they'll sing the stand. (laughs) And um, of course, that was the next song, next song that they sang. And I immediately perked up. He had my attention. The speaker came up at the beginning and he was talking about, you know, I just feel like I'm supposed to give this altar call for anybody who 
just wants to stop playing religion. Like you really want to just get real about your relationship with God. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but for me, I was just like, uh, yeah, I want that. And so I don't know <laughs> how it happened. It just felt like this surreal experience, but I was just suddenly up at the front ready to pray and do this prayer that would like change my life. Right. And so I'm standing there and they have us hold hands with the person next to us. And I remember this man on my left looked at me after the prayer and he said, God has great plans for you. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, look at that. That's really cool. And so I went back to my seat. I was kind of like, okay, I see what you're doing, God. Like maybe I am supposed to be here. So I sit down in my seat. And as soon as I sit down, I realize that guy who had just spoken to me was the speaker for that night. So he goes up on the platform. He gives this message. I don't even remember what it was about, but basically I remember going home after that night and then to school the next day, just filled with this sense of hope that I had never felt before in my entire life. And I told my Bible teacher, I got saved last night and it's so cool. Like I really gave my life to Jesus and things are about to start looking up, right? Like all my problems are about to go away. And at that point, um, I just didn't expect things to go the way that they did. Okay. So if you've ever been to church camp or a conference or event, you may understand what I mean when I talk about the experience of a spiritual high. (laughs) And that's exactly what I was experiencing when I was in eighth grade after this youth rally. I grew up in church. I grew up in a Christian school, but it was all just knowledge to me at that point. And I had never experienced it firsthand like I did at this point. So I really didn't understand the concept of having an enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But then also the fact that being a Christian does not mean that your life is all perfect all the time, which was a shock to me (laughs) because I really was like, wow, if this is what living with Jesus is like, sign me up for the long haul. Okay. And I just quickly realized that's not how it works. And part of that was starting this relationship with Jesus where it's a partnership and asking him, you know, make me who you want me to be. I really want to live for you. I want to do this thing where we're working together to make an impact in the world. And I I just wanted to do his will, you know, like all those things that we pray. And I didn't expect all of these things to start coming to the surface. And at the time, I also didn't realize that it was because of his love for me and his kindness that he was allowing these things to come up so that I could ultimately work through them and find healing and freedom and all these things. But what happened was that the anxiety I was feeling before grew into this really deep sense of just hopelessness, which led to depression. And my depression grew and grew. And at that point, you know, teachers were checking on me. Friends were checking on me. My parents were a little bit concerned, but really didn't understand. And so, um, it got to a point where I was starting to realize this is getting bad and I may need help with this, but I didn't know how to ask for help. So one night I was at my friend's birthday party and A friend from school came over, pulled me aside and said that we needed to have this conversation. And I, the details are totally (laughs) irrelevant, but basically she just said something that caught me off guard and really, really hurt me. And it was enough for me to say, okay, well, that's it. My life is no longer worth living. 
And I just decided at that point that I was going to commit suicide. I got home that night and I went upstairs to my room and I closed the door behind me and I just cried. And I remember praying and asking God just to help me and explain, like, I didn't understand how things could be so bad and just so hopeless. And I didn't know what to do. I really felt like I had no other option. I just felt like, you know, if it's going to be like this, then life is not worth living. I'd rather just be be done with this. And so I decided that I was going to overdose that night. And I honestly can't explain it, but I just remember crying. And then the next thing I remember is waking up the next morning and it was a Sunday morning. Surprise, surprise. So we were going to church. (laughs) My parents took us to church every time we possibly could be there. And so we got ready the next morning and I was just living in this daze of like, okay, well, we'll go to church and we'll come home and I'll just do it tonight. So we get to church, everything is normal. Um, On the outside, everything is normal. Nobody had any suspicions, but um, I, after church, my parents pulled me aside and they said, Hey, we're going to go in here and talk. And at the time there was one teacher at our school I confided in, and she was also our youth pastor's wife at the church. So side note, my church and school were the same. It was this very <laughs> small bubble of people. That was my life. So my parents pulled me into this room with the youth pastor's wife, and we just, started talking. I have no idea what's going on. I'm honestly kind of annoyed. I just wanted to leave. Um, But my parents said that my siblings were going to lunch with someone else, which was super weird because I think it was like my parents' anniversary too or something. We had planned to go to lunch together um, as a family. And so I was just really confused, kind of annoyed, just really over it. But we go into this room and um, the lady just asked me, have you been cutting yourself? And my parents were right there. I mean, I knew I couldn't lie. So I just shook my head. Yes. And started crying and, and they were just shocked. Like my parents were shocked and come to find out the night before at the birthday party, another friend that was there found out about me cutting somehow (laughs) and told her mom and her mom told my mom that night And while I was in my room planning to commit suicide, my mom was downstairs in her room praying for me. And it was just this really surreal moment for me to realize that God caught me just in time. And obviously, I did not feel that way in the moment. I was really frustrated, to be honest, that my parents found out because I didn't want them to know. I didn't want them to be concerned. I knew it would hurt them. And you know, just all the things, like all the reasons why I felt like I couldn't ask for help or that they wouldn't understand, you know, all the things. So anyway, I just remember my dad saying, we want to help. Like, we'll do anything we can to help you. And so I decided to start going to counseling. And from there, things started getting better. And so I had also started going to another youth group with a friend at that time where I was just really thriving in my relationship with God and connecting with people and feeling like I finally had some good, solid relationships with people who were really supportive of me and my eating disorder recovery and things like that. And I just was finding 
a home and finding a community for the first time and really experiencing healing like I had never experienced it before. Um, I started leading worship at that church, which now is in a, a huge passion of mine. I love music. I love singing. And it's really a place where I've met with God several times throughout my journey. So it's been a really special thing for me. Um, and just a lot of things were birthed during that time, that season of my life. And so things were really, really looking up again. And so that was my 10th grade year in high school. And then we get to my senior year in high school. And it's so funny. I mean, it's not really funny. You'll understand in a minute. But at this point, I was really feeling passionate and excited about what God was doing in my life and understanding, you know, he works all things for good. And I have a testimony. And at that point, I was able to start talking to other girls who were dealing with eating disorders or depression or cutting and things like that. And I just really felt so fulfilled being able to share hope with other people who were hurting and going through the same things that I had been through. And so um, I actually started writing a book when I was in high school. And at the time, no one thought I was serious. I think they were always just like, oh, yeah, okay, great you know? And so, and, and honestly, I was not at the point to even write it because I was still so in the middle of everything I was going through. Um, but I was just really seeing these things start to come to the surface, these passions and these dreams of mine, um, coming to the light. So I'm getting ready to graduate high school. I've got all these plans. I've got all these dreams and hopes for the future. And then in March of 2013, I was sexually abused by two of my friends. And again, very surreal experience. And I'm just thinking, uh, I thought I was on the other side of my healing. Like, this is just not what I wanted. Like, why me? Why did this happen? Why is this my story? I could not compute it. Like, I didn't know how to process what just happened. I didn't know if I should talk to someone about it. I just was so in shock, really. And then it I didn't even have time to process it before the next month I was raped by somebody else. And it's just one of those things where you think, you hear the stories and you're like, oh, that would never happen to me. Like, I'm super safe. I'm super cautious. Like, I'm smart, right? Like, I, I'm i going to be careful. And then you never think it'll happen to you twice. And so shock compiled with more shock in such a short amount of time just really shook me up. And I had no idea how to reconcile God's goodness and God's plan and God's purpose for my life and all these things, all this healing I had just walked through with what just happened to me. And so at this point, I didn't talk about it. I just thought this will be the thing that no one needs to know. And so I graduated high school. I went to college. I wrote and published my first book, which is Love Is, and it's a devotional that I published in 2015, and it just was such a cool experience for me to realize God is working there. I, I received so many stories from that book of just how God had showed up in people's lives and the ways that he had 
healed, even just through something that for me seemed so simple, but it really was just amazing. And actually it's really awesome now because by the time you're hearing this, you'll know that I just released a new version of love is, and I'm really honored to share it with you again in a new light because it's just been so transformational in my own life. Um, but as I was walking through this process of love, I got to this place where I recognized (laughs) or really understood it in a way that I never had before, how love casts out fear. And for me, that showed up in a really interesting way (laughs) because my second year at college, I went to a Bible college. So I'm there, I am studying worship ministry and things like that. And um, my second year of college, one of the guys that molested me showed up on campus as a student. And I had not spoken to him since but it just enraged me for him to be there, like not only in my space, not only in my world, in my life again, but at a Bible college where I went to school. Like I, again, just could not compute. <laughs> I was like, you're telling me this guy is going to Bible college. So that's a story for another day, talking about some radical forgiveness, y'all. Um <laughs> But because he was there again, it brought all of this flooding back to the surface and I could not deny it. And I just got to a point where I felt like I was going to explode if I just didn't face it. I had been stuffing it down as far as I could for as long as I could. And I reached a breaking point. And at that time, I knew I had to talk about the abuse that I went through and get some healing because it was affecting me in every way. Whether I wanted to admit it or not, it was showing up in all my relationships. It was showing up just in my attitude towards life. And just, it was such, I was such a mess. You guys, I was such a mess. And I knew that God was good, but I didn't understand how his goodness could be a part of that story. And I avoided it for so long until I couldn't anymore. So I finally started going through this healing process. And it's actually around the time that I published my second book, which is the one I started writing when I was in high school. And so in 2017, I published my second book, which is called Waking Up, Living Open. And it's the story about everything I went through in high school and how God saved me from all of those things. Like literally the night I was going to commit suicide just woke me up to this new life of hope and healing and freedom and purpose, except I didn't mention the abuse. And at the time, you know, I, I feel like looking back, I'm okay with that. Like I really wasn't at a point at that time where I could share about it. I It was so fresh that I wasn't ready to share about it. But since it published... I'd been thinking, you know, it was just looming in the back of my mind. There's just this one major piece (laughs) that I left out. And so the book comes out. I'm sharing it on social media. I'm sharing my story at different churches and events. And I just keep thinking there's just this one piece people don't know. And I just can't, they can't know. No one can find out that this is a piece of my story. Like I'm the girl who talks about sharing your story. I'm the girl that preaches vulnerability and how there's so much purpose in the process and like owning your story and letting God use your testimony for power and helping other people, you know, the whole bit. And although that was sincere, I really just, I just 
didn't understand that the same power I had felt in every other area of healing could be applied to this piece of my story as well. So fast forward to last year in 2020. Um, well, actually a little bit before that, I had my son Judah in 2019. And after I had him, it was this really cool season of really just finding this newfound sense of purpose that really fueled me to continue pursuing my dreams. Cause I know this is a little tangent, but I hear a lot of women talking about how having kids kind of like puts your dreams on hold. And I just, I'm not about that. Okay. I, I don't buy into that. <laughs> I think that having kids adds to your story. They don't take away from it. So for me, having Jude just lit my fire. I was like, okay, I got to do this. I want to live out my dreams to show him how. I want to show him what's possible. And that's the model I want to set for my kids. Like that's the example I want to be for my family. So in that, I just felt this gentle nudge of God telling me it was time to share the last piece of my story. So I start kind of processing through this, like, um, how do I do that? When do I do that? What I don't, do I just come out and say it like, uh, surprise, I left out one part. <laughs> I just felt really uncomfortable. It was just this tension of like, how do I come out and say, I wrote this story about telling your story, except I didn't tell my whole story. And so it was this whole back and forth tension in my heart and in my mind that went on for quite a while. But I finally through the help of so many friends and counselors and people who love me and believe in me and, and have supported me in my process came to this point where I have been, I, I just understood, you know, I've been hiding for so long that I cannot even imagine a life where I'm not like where I'm fully known and then still loved. And so I just, <laughs> a long story short, decided it was time. So last year, I decided to launch the ByWords community where I shared the rest of my story and it was with the hope and intention of helping other women own their story and understand that they can step into their purpose by understanding that their story matters and their voice matters and they matter and God has so much purpose for their life and their story is really such a beautiful way for people to experience the power of God and his love and his healing and hope and freedom. So, so this idea of by words came from the verse in Revelation 12, 11, and it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And that is the part where it really has always stuck out to me. And I even mentioned that in my book, Waking Up. But for me, it's just this call to action because Jesus has done his part, right? We overcome by the blood of the lamb, which was Jesus, and by the word of our testimony, which is our peace. And so I wanted to create a space for women to be able to own their story, embrace their story, and share their story, because that is the second piece of how we overcome. That's how we got by words. <laughs> and really, the, the practical logistical side of it is that in my healing process through all these years, I it took a lot. It was a long road. And I think with healing, it always looks different for everybody, but there's lots of twists and turns and so many facets, right? And I read lots of books and I listened to podcasts and I met with counselors and friends and mentors and 
so many things that helped support my journey of healing and stepping into my purpose. So I wanted to create a hub of those resources where women could come and find them all in the same place, plus community with like-minded women who are on the same journey. So that is the heart of By Words. That is why it exists. That is why I created the group, the community, and now why I have this podcast. I have loved having the community on Facebook, um, but I just want to take it a step further. I, I really just want to dive deeper into this story with you because I believe there's something here for you as well. And your story may not sound anything like mine. And that is okay. That's actually really beautiful and special because you have something in your story that can reach an audience that no one else can. You have a sphere of influence in your life that no one else does. It's so unique and it's so special. And even if it's not this big, dramatic story, something as simple as just sharing why you do what you do with someone can light a fire of inspiration or encouragement or hope. And that's why stories are so powerful. And I talk about this in my book, Waking Up, but the the word testimony I think when we think about it or when we hear that, we think about, oh, yeah, it's like telling your story again. It's sharing your story. It's sharing your testimony, right? But that word actually means to do it again, not just to say it again, but to do it again. And it's so beautiful because that means when you share your story, no matter what story it is, whether it's your whole life story or just a story of something that has really impacted you, it releases that same power to work in the life of those who hear it. Oh, isn't that crazy to think about? Like, man, it just lights me up. It just gets me excited because I was the girl who was quiet my whole life and then who was convinced that hiding was the better option. And so I never wanted to share. I never wanted to speak up. And really, I was robbing myself of freedom. And I was robbing other people of experiencing the power of healing and freedom and hope that I had experienced through my story. So really, when we embrace our story, when we embrace the process, it's a gift to ourselves to experience healing. And then when we share our story, it's an invitation for other people to walk that same road and then ultimately to step into our purpose so that we can glorify God in all of it. So that is the byword story. And man, I'm just so thankful that you're here. I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without you. I'm just so grateful for every single person who has loved and supported me and this vision along the way. And this is only the, be- the beginning, friend. I'm, I'm so, so thrilled and overjoyed and just hopeful and full of dreams for the future. And I want to invite you to join our group, our community group, if you're not already a part of the ByWords community on Facebook. It's so much fun. I invite my friends to come and do guest trainings, and there's tons of resources. You can come and ask your questions. You can share things that are helping you. It's really just an opportunity to connect with other women who are on the journey as well. So come. There's a space for you. There's room for you. There's so much purpose in you, and I'm so excited to continue helping you draw it out. So that's all I've got for today, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords podcast. I love having you here, and I'm so grateful for your support. 
Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode and tag me to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram and in the ByWords community group, which you can find links for in the show notes. Until next time, stay brave and remember, I'm cheering you on.